Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 7 to 14. I'll take mine. If you need your phone, you can come grab it, okay? Come, come grab it, come grab it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. So I'll be reading from the NIV. Fantastic. So we started this series a few weeks ago uh, titled Gifts of the Spirit. Gift of the Spirit. Some will be asking, so why are you guys teaching about this? Should we not just go about our life and just do our thing? Well, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge, or lack of understanding is one of the reasons why people could be easily fooled and deceived in the church today. Many people in church today are deceived for their lack of understanding. And many people in church today are being manipulated, used, oppressed, cheated, because they, have, they lack knowledge. And, the one, and many of them who seem to have knowledge, head knowledge, they lack understanding. Right? Understanding is, 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 is how, do I, how do I declare understanding now? Okay, understanding is when you know this thing, not when you have a, just a mental accent. When you understand the nitty-gritty, how the dots connect. Right? I was, I, was, I was going on the borderline of wisdom, but I don't want to get there because I'm going to talk about wisdom shortly. So understanding is when you know it and when you are able to apply it. Let me put it that way. <laughs> it's when you know it and, and you're able to apply it. I'm struggling a little bit here because I'm, I'm tempted to talk about wisdom. Right. So it's one thing to, for you to have a head knowledge. It's another thing for you to understand it, to know how the bits and pieces connect, to know the origin of it, to know the source of it, to know how something works. So understanding entails knowing how something works, how the components come together, and the results you should have. So these are, this is tundiology. I'm not reading from a dictionary. Right? You, know, you know the results you should expect from using a thing. So if you know how to use a product, if you understand how your product works, you'll be able to operate it, and you'll be able to tell what the results should be, what the results should look like of using the product. If you don't know what the results should look like, whatever you get... You know, whatever you get, you may think that is the right result. But if you don't understand the product and the outcome, you know, okay, let me reverse that. If you don't understand the product and the result you should get, whatever you see, you think is the right result. But if you understand the outcome, what you should get, if you see something different from what you should expect, then you say, this is not how it works. It doesn't make some sense. I sound like it's Greek, but hopefully I get, you guys get it. Right, so understanding is key. So many people, many people can quote scriptures, but do they understand it? Do they? Now, let me use today's topic for as an example so that I can save myself some time because I'm tempted to get into some stuff there. But so let's quickly read 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 14. Say, so now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Guys, let me use the New King James is what I'm much more familiar with when it comes to this particular topic. Right, uh, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Somebody say profit of all. Profit of all. It says, for to one is given the wisdom, sorry, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit to another, the word of knowledge, through the same spirit, 
to another faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. Verse 12 says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one, so also is Christ. So let me quickly do the things that God wants me to do before I get into my own teaching. So when I was meditating on the scripture yesterday, one of the things the Lord asked me to call out is the place of that one and same spirit. One and same spirit. And the spirit we're talking about here is the spirit of God. God can never contradict himself. So I like it when I see my, when I see my student writing notes. God can never contradict himself. Now, the book of First John tells us that God abides in light. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect, and that's the book of James, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, the Father of all light. And there's no darkness in God. Okay, let's go to James 1. Amen. Verse 16, James 1, 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What do you say comes from above, from the Father? Every good and perfect gift. Amen. Let's go to First John 1. I'll start from verse 1. It said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our eyes and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. The, life. the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, that which... Uh, let me, let's keep a few verses. Let's start from... Let's take it to... Let's jump to verse 5. So this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at what? At what? God is light, and there's no darkness in him. There's no evil in him. When you have some time, you can go to John 10, 10 to read what Jesus said about the devil. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy John 8, 44, Jesus called the devil the father of lies. Are we getting, let's take it step by step. Um, okay, uh, let me know, because I'm getting very serious now, so let me not throw in some jokes here so that you guys can carry on. I was, I was, okay, I'll do it. Because okay, I saw some people in London yesterday, they went to watch something. <laughs> Amen. Family time uh, is good. Baby, you and I too need to um, begin to really work on our family time. And I mean, we should be going to Singapore everywhere and just, you know, 
Amen. Uh, because I felt a bit um, jealous yesterday. I was like, oh, Lord, I need to be more romantic with my wife. Praise the Lord. All right. So, <laughs> don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. The message has been clear with him. You know, I see everything. Amen. I see everything. Amen. Even when I'm sleeping, I can see some stuff. <laughs> Amen. Let's, go, let's carry on. Yeah. So, verse 5 of 1 John 1 tells us that there's no darkness in God. I'm going somewhere today. There's no darkness in God. And I said earlier on that God can never and will never contradict himself. He will not say to Jasmine A and tell Mrs. O, B and tell Jolomis C. God is not the author of confusion. So let me jump ahead of myself a little bit. Now, when somebody, when in a church, people are giving prophecies and they are contradicting one another, they are not operating by the Spirit of God. I repeat, even the church, people are giving prophecies and are contradicting one another. They are not operating by the Spirit of God. Is that one of them is correct? The rest are wrong or all of them are wrong? And that's why in this church, I will not allow somebody to go around and keep tiptoeing and giving people some kind of weird prophecy. We're going to address how we want to, how we're going to handle that going forward. Now, at some point, we don't have that, you know, because it can't fly. But I've been in places where the, uh, this particular person will just go around and be giving people prophecy and be writing on paper, and over 80% of them were not correct. Amen. So there's no evil in God. So why did I start with that? Because I want to, I want to talk about the gift of the word of wisdom. So the gift of the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of God's wisdom. <laughs> Amen. So it's a supernatural revelation of God's plan and purpose. Supernatural revelation of God's plan and purpose. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians 3.10. Now, Ephesians 3.10, read, to the intent... That now, somebody say now, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the, what? Church. Look at this. The Bible says now, the manifold, multi-dimensional wisdom of God may be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Now, where I'm going is this. For each and every one of us here, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a plan and purpose of redemption to restore mankind to himself through Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that God has given you and I the ministry of reconciliation to restore people back into relationship with himself, to preach the gospel to the world, disciple them so that people can come into relationship and fellowship with him. Now, that is an expression of the wisdom of God. Now, it is in the wisdom of God that preaching the gospel, people can be saved. It does not make sense. You speak to someone, the goodness, the kindness of God, and they receive the gift of faith, and, okay, and, they, and they are kind of offered the gift of faith in a sense by the Holy Ghost. And the moment they receive the gift of faith and they receive the gospel, they become a new person. That is the wisdom of God. 
The wisdom of God does not make sense. That's why the Bible tells us that the wisdom of God is wise and, sorry, how does the Bible say it? The wisdom of God and the foolishness of uh, mankind, whichever way. So, the, foolish, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. So, God is the all-wise God. And the things of God does not make sense. Now, that's why the natural man will be asked, will be thinking, what are you guys doing in church on Sunday? When you're supposed to be having and enjoying tea and having your fun, having fun, I mean like relaxing, watching movie on Sunday. They are piping evil into their soul. We are giving life to you guys. And they wonder why when there's a demonic manifestation, you guys can say in the name of Jesus, shut your mouth. And they are going to hospital and giving them and say hallucination. And all manner of names they give to all manner of demonic manifestation they give into their life. It does not make sense. How do you see a person who a lunatic, you know, that they have to bind and someone like me step in and say in the name of Jesus, shut your mouth. And he shuts his mouth. And boy, they have to get the police. No, no. And they have to get an injunction to, you know, to get the guy to keep, keep quiet. So what I'm trying to drive at here is to, to kind of, you know, touch our mind and stay our mind to see that God is all wise. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has an intention. First Timothy 2 tells us that, you know, that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants everyone to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants to deliver people from the power and the hold of principalities and powers. And how he's going to do it is not in a conventional way that human beings may think. And the people he wants to walk through to show principalities and powers is supremacy is that is always is through you and I. And that's what the Bible says, through the church. So what he wants to do, so the devil is planning something right now. They are scheming something right now. God has a wisdom to, you know, to make a mess of their plan, to make their plan fail. In his wisdom. And how is he going to do that? How does he want to show? How, does he want, how did he want to prove to principalities and powers that is wiser than them? Through you guys. So he's going to give you a word as an expression of his wisdom of what he wants to do. His plan, his purpose. To save people, to deliver people from the powers of darkness. So when we talk about the, when we talk about the gift of the word of wisdom... We are talking about a supernatural revelation of God's plan and purpose, his intention, his plan next steps, his future next steps, either for people, for nation, for your life. So let me begin to connect them together. When I said there's no evil in God, there's no darkness in God. Now, most of the time, people come into, to, to you or to around you and they predict or they foretell. Because what the word of wisdom has to do with foretelling or predicting the future. And most of the foretelling and the predicting I've had in my life were negative and evil. The ones that are not negative and evil, they will tell you, you will travel abroad if you are based in Nigeria. Ah, my son, as I'm looking at you, you will travel abroad. You will make it abroad. I've had all manner of prayers. They'll say, you know what? You will come back home with all manner of stuff. I mean, I've seen all manner. I've had all manner. And these are the things that begin get me to start thinking and asking questions. Because when you say a person's destiny is abroad, which is to travel out of the country, and when I look at the life of many people that travel abroad, that they say their destiny is, 
they are not better off than, some, than many people who are not saved. So it, it started confusing me. You say, you hear things that God said to me to tell you that he has given you the land. As you go there, you go and possess the land. And the people came into this country on a student visa or, or visiting visa and they start cutting corners. They become illegal immigrants and they are still prophesying to their life to stay there. See, I'm not trying to condemn anyone who may have come in through uh, visiting visa and something, something. But the thing is this, many people, the problem, the pain they went through was not necessary. Some people wasted 20 years. I, there's, a case study that, <laughs> there's a case I was told of you know, by a close friend. This guy's life, 20 years, was wasted in this country. It was an illegal immigrant waiting for any, an opportunity for him to get a stay. I know of one not too far, not too far away. He said they have prophesied into his life that we can we only make it in the UK. This guy is useless, is useless and roaming around the streets in Nigeria because somebody prophesied into his life that no, that it is only in UK we make it. He's not well. A man in his 40s. And there are many people like that. So when people are predicting and foretelling, what are they predicting and foretelling to your life? Is it in line with the plan, the purpose of God, the manifold wisdom of God we're talking about? What does that have to do with reconciling people to himself? I came to this country to study and I was going to check out. And the Lord said, don't allow the devil to trick you out of this country because this is where I want to use you. I mean, this country, I did not say pastoring. I didn't see all of this in the, in the pipeline. I just wanted to be a preacher and make money, be a businessman, go preach, get out and have fun, enjoy my life. Now come and tie me down with pastoring. We'll talk about it when we get to heaven. But it's been very, very rewarding anyway. Praise God. Are you getting me? So everything I do is tied to the plan and the purpose of God. Let me just tell you about this one. So yesterday, we have, there's a case, somebody, we gave an Andy man some money, and um, he has not done the job. So I met a police yesterday somewhere, and we we're chatting. And we just got talking, and then she said she's a police, police officer, and then we had a nice chat, and then she had to go. Uh, she was not in uniform. So I got home, I was talking to my wife. My wife said, ah, you didn't ask the lady about what we can do to this guy that's not giving us our money. <laughs> I said, babe, you know, when I meet people, the first thing that runs on my mind is getting us into a conversation about salvation. That is by default. Once I meet you, I'm just, the moment, or by default, when I meet you, I'm thinking, are you saved? And even if you are saved, do you know who you are in Christ Jesus? I said, if I get to meet her, maybe in future, I must, we may talk about that. But once I meet you, I'm thinking, are you saved? And if you are saved, do you know your identity in Christ? Amen. So, foretelling, predicting the future, what has been foretold into your life? What has been predicted? But we said the word of wisdom, the foretelling that comes by the Spirit of God. You know, we're talking about one and the same Spirit. The foretelling and the prediction that comes by the Spirit of God has to do with God's plan and purpose for your life. And it will always be connected to getting people saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth. Whatever potential it gives you, whatever skill set it's given you, take your time to observe. Whether you're a social worker, whether you're a, nurse, a medical doctor, is putting you in a place where people can come in contact with the gospel of the knowledge of the truth. Even in the workplace, you might not even be able to tell them the script to preach the gospel to them, 
but you can tell them the truth. I'll give an example. Like when I was working in financial services, I walked up, you know, I was drawn into a conversation and they were talking about somebody else who drinks a lot. And we were talking about alcohol and these guys drink, you know, they drink, drink dangerously. And they were asking me, you know, they're jesting about it. You know, Tunde, do you drink? I said, well, I once drank when I was there and I realized I, I got tipsy and I started singing, I like it, I like it, I really, really like it. And somebody from the front seat of the car said, ah, he's now liking it. And I felt embarrassed. Like, I was going out of my mind and people were mocking me. I didn't like that picture. And that was the last time I took alcohol. And I said to them, I said, whatever has a tendency to control my brain, I will not give myself to it. Everybody went quiet. I mean, I became the painting for everyone to look at for the rest of the day. Everybody were looking at me like, you know. When I go to pub with directors in the workplaces, and they offer me drink. I mean, these guys can be persistent. They will offer, they will push and push. I say, I'm not drinking. Just give me my lemonade. And, if I, and I play, I laugh. With, I mean, some people will be shocked the day they know I'm a pastor because I don't preach at them, but it just come out. It does come out. So when we get to the point, I've had, I found myself in times where I was in the midst of directors and I started preaching the gospel. And one guy was going to tackle me and I was like, you know what, please hold on. I got to finish my work I'm doing here. So any opportunity, I, I, I don't think there's any way I've worked that I've not preached the gospel. I'll just throw it across the table. Amen. And I said that to those guys. So now, I didn't preach the gospel to these guys, but they drew me, they dragged me into a conversation. And I know the truth. I throw in the truth without saying the Bible says, and everybody went quiet. So those directors, as I was saying, I won't forget this gist. And eat all the time, about 60 to 70% of them will say, oh, you know, you're very good, you know, and they start trying to tell me the reason why they started drinking, how they've tried to stop it. And I was like, you see, don't feel bad for yourself. I'm not drinking. But it's a conviction based on my stand, where I stand, and what I stand for. And that conviction, I'm not con I don't condemn them. I laugh with them, I play with them. So what is this? How many patients of alcohol? Hmm. You know, I play with people. But because of what I stand, who I am, there's a conviction. There's a light that I carry. I dwell in light. I fellowship with him. Who is in light? Now, I don't know what impact I've had on people's, people's lives, but the technology, business analysis, program management, project management, PMO, you know, in that area that I do, is putting me in places where I can get the truth to people that I may not get to them in the church. A lady who wasn't trusting God for, to be able to speak in tongues for 13 years. It was her work that Jolomi saw this lady and brought her home. Jolomi used to get me clients from my workplace. Amen. So every skill, every ability, everything that God has given to you, God is giving them to you as an expression of his manifold wisdom because he wants to walk through you. And nurses must hear this very clearly. I'm not speaking to Mrs. T alone. Nurses, if you're watching me online, you got to be careful. You know, many nurses have been trained to communicate the message of fear to people. But you as a believer, it's not your place. You are a carrier of the life of God and you don't bring, you don't take that fear consciousness to church or to believers. And the nurse will be telling me, ah, man of God, you know that thing killed somebody? It's a very, I don't want to hear it. They may have trained you in the workplace 
to, you know, to cover their backs, to say something. But when you, when you come out of the hospital, even in the hospital, you give it a positive spin. When, they tell, when, they, when you see even a cancer patient, you said, it is possible for you to recover. You can recover. Not, no, they should not be telling them. You, you, they, they, they believe that. You can say I'm very passionate about this thing. The Christian nurse should not be the ones telling them that, you know, it is possible. Do you know what to carry? Do you, do, do you, oh, Lord, 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 help me, help me, help me, help me, um, um, before I lose it this morning. And believers have now become the people who carry the message of death. If I catch any nurse in this church telling people, you know, there's possibility there is, we'll have a conversation. Or a medical doctor. Once you come to church or you are in the midst of believers, you are a believer. So even if you have not trained yourself to be able to give word of life in, the, in your hospital, don't bring death into believers' midst. Never! Because words are powerful. We don't speak fear, we speak life. And I'm speaking to teenagers now. So if you have friends who are constantly calling you names, the name of a female dog, and I've seen girls who call themselves, you this, you this, you damn like, are you guys well? Well, unbelievers can call themselves the name of an animal, but you, bought by the blood, washed by the blood, is an insult on God, on Christ, for you to be calling yourself the evil and the disgusting name that you on say call themselves. I'll, I'll sit in the midst of Christian girls and they'll, they'll tell you, 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 this, you this, you this. That's why I started by saying that people don't know stuff. Because the name you call yourself or you allow people to call you is what you will answer to. People wonder why they are behaving like somebody whose head is not correct. It's because the name you are answering to, when you go to, to the midst of your friends, they call you all kinds of names and you laugh at it. You, you jest about it. Amen. So, what are wisdom? So, did I finish that gist? If I didn't finish, when I watched the message, if I didn't finish, I'll continue next week. All right, let's carry on. So, we are caught into light and to give light. So the gift of the word of wisdom is what is a supernatural revelation. Supernatural revelation of God's plan and the purpose. And it will always connect back to the fact that it wants to display is a manifold wisdom. The Bible says that Jesus is the wisdom and the power of God. So when we are talking about the manifold wisdom of God, in essence, we are talking about Christ. God wants to make Christ known that through Christ, he has reconciled the world to himself. He's no longer holding the sin of the world against them anymore. And who does he want to do that through? You and I. So the believers should not be going to church to hear a word of prophecy about their marriage. Hey, let's get there. Okay. So people go to church. Please pray for me. Uh, today, I don't know where this, this uh, anointing is coming from, but let's, let's enjoy it. So, what we are asked to, what we are kind of inspired to foretell or predict is the plan and the purpose of God. Not who will become the president of a nation. I've seen all manner of nonsense on YouTube. Somebody will say, I've predicted this. I've prophesied this, that this person will become the governor of this state or the president of that nation. And people start screaming, ah, the man is man of God. We are not serious. We are not serious. It just shows that we do not understand the essence and the significance of the gospel. So we are celebrating and worshipping a man of God in court because they prophesied that somebody will become a governor of the state or somebody will be made a king. One of the most embarrassing things I've seen in my life is somebody prophesying a king 
in place and the person became, becomes a king. Do you know what, what, what the king is like in, in Africa, Nigeria? They, they are involved in all manner of diabolical stuff. No, even if I thought God told you that a person would become a king, you keep it to yourself. Why prophesy it? Why prophesy and confirm the enthronement of evil? Are, are we all right? Do we even, and see, now I'm not speaking to the lady in church. I mean, just, you know, um, followers and disciples in the church. I'm talking about, I'm speaking to leaders. And I'm speaking to you guys as well, so that as you grow and come into, into the place of responsibility, you think right. If God speaks to me in the corner of my room that a person will become a king, yeah, okay, Lord, so for what reason? Why is God showing you or telling you that information? Why is he giving you? Put that on your note. When God, profess, when God shows you something about his plan and his future, uh, sorry, his plan and his purpose, what is he getting at? What place is he giving you? You know, I had all manner of nonsense about COVID coming. I had all manner of nonsense about what was going to happen in Nigeria. And the question I was asking is, if God revealed those things to you, what did he tell you about your own place? Because you hear things like, God asked me to warn Nigeria, you only have three years. No, where exactly is God speaking to? Is it me? How? God, I mean, God asked him to warn Nigeria. Who in Nigeria has God calling you, to, has God asked you to warn? Who, who, who? Tell me. So this service is a class whereby so that I, I'm challenging you guys so that we can think. Do you hear things that God asked him to go and speak to Nigeria or the pastors in Nigeria to be, to be, avoid, to be aware of covetousness? I have guys in Nigeria, I know guys in Nigeria who are not covetous, sound pastors. So who did God ask them to go speak to? And they called and said, Prophet, all manner is on the YouTube. I've seen people who received the goodness and the kindness of God, received the gospel and were genuinely saved and started watching nonsense on YouTube and their life went down. One is going to be close to me. And I tried to tell this guy, say, stop going on YouTube to go and start watching. You know, all, all this nonsense. You know, all those things, they, they, they sound and they feel appealing. I don't, I don't watch messages on, messages on YouTube. I don't. The title will give me insight. It, I've trained myself so, so much now that in the first five minutes, I can tell whether a preacher or a teacher or a prophet is sound or not in five minutes. I, because of the person involved, I, don't want, I want to keep it confidential a little bit. You know, they were talking. They were running an event that I know in my spirit they were not instructed to run that event. I know in my spirit. It's so clear. And a lot of people are thronging into that event, into that meeting. Their money is not coming in the way they expect to want to come in. And they started saying no manner. I only heard what they were saying for 30 seconds. I, need, I saw the entire story. Okay, also because I've read a lot about, I follow Papa Egin. Papa Egin's um, experience a lot. So when I hear some stuff, I can quickly summarize, like, you know what? This is where the problem is coming from because I've seen a lot of case studies. Amen. People should be mindful of what they are going to watch. If, if you, you can even try to give the person, you watch their first message, there's no Christ in it. It doesn't tell you about the resurrection, the death of Christ, your identity in Christ Jesus, what God is able to walk through you, all kind of stuff. And you're not, because it sounds like you're not, you listen to the first, the second, the third. Ah, there's a mighty man of God on YouTube. People should be careful. Amen. I don't got that. So when we talk about prophesying, because you see the law, because we're talking about foretelling, predicting. You know, you hear things like, God told me that the person you will marry is six foot tall, works in the bank. 
are we all right? So, for, for what purpose is that information? I'm driving at something here. For what purpose is the information that God has given you? For what purpose? What is the aftermath of that information? What is the aftermath of that information? What should the person do with that information? I, tr- I showed us in the book of 1 John that there's no darkness in God. So you go to a place, they say, you know what? God showed me there's going to be famine. Somebody have said that nonsense to me a few, days, a few weeks ago. A strong famine. So to what purpose? God does not predict the message of fear to people. Everyone that an angel has appeared unto, the first word is says, fear not. So what I'm saying is this, any word about your future that brings fear is not from God. Because there's no darkness in him. God once warned me that I should be careful so that I don't lose my life. About, there was something we were talking about and they said, you want to be careful so that you don't lose your life like this person, blah, blah, blah. That message did not come with any sense of fear. He told me that I should be careful so that I don't lose my life like someone, you know. But it did not come with any form of fear. I got a message. I was like, I'm going to watch my back. I'm going to watch. You know, can I stop? That's it. God does not speak to people with fear. It's when they come with their, with their long nose. Mm. Ah. Mm. Just walk out. Just walk out. So can I say to you, I've, been to, I've seen no man of stuff. I've been to churches where they will ask people to start prophesying to each other's life. It's one of the most terrible and dangerous things to do. I was showing us earlier on, the Bible says, one and the self-same spirit. So if a person is not born again, they can never see or hear accurately the purpose and the will of God for your life. Some people by sense, by one way or the other, they may have an, I don't know, familiar spirit. There are all manner of stuff out there. I don't want to go into that. I just want to stick my nose in the Bible. But if people can predict your future to some extent, maybe they can see, I don't know. If they are not of the spirit of God, they, would, they can manipulate you. They can get to do what you don't want to do. We should not do. Amen. So the, the word of wisdom, the revelation of God's plan and purpose doesn't come with fear. It does not, it doesn't, uh, the word of wisdom is not about carnal, ungodly, things that has nothing to do with, with your life, your relationship with the Father and becoming who he has called to be. Amen. If you have some time. I didn't know how I planned it, but I think I can shut this one down today and go into something else next week. So a few things. So I tried to differentiate between word of knowledge and word of wisdom. So word of knowledge is a revelation of fact in God's mind, and that has to do with your present and the past. What happened in your past? What's happening in your life right now? So word of knowledge always has to do with the present and back and, and past. Word of wisdom is the future. Word of wisdom is the future. And that's what we call uh, word of wisdom is more on the side of a foretelling, prediction. Amen. And word of wisdom and gen- there's, there's, there's a difference between word of wisdom and general wisdom. General wisdom is when you get some information somewhere or you get, acquire knowledge somewhere and you know how to apply it. That's why, that was why I was struggling with understanding and, word, uh, and wisdom. 
So wisdom, general wisdom is, is the application, is a correct application. So understanding, you know how things should work. You know what outcome you should get. But wisdom is when you then apply that knowledge correctly. When you apply that understanding correctly. Because you can understand and not take the action, not take step. So general wisdom is correct application of knowledge. Right? But general wisdom, you can get, this, you can get such wisdom. General wisdom uh, pertains more to our conduct in life. Dealing with the affairs of life. Now, how to deal wisely, how to deal safely with the affairs of life. Joshua 1.8, uh, translation reads it. It said, uh, we should, uh, Joshua should, when God was speaking to Joshua, he should meditate on the word of God so that he can deal wisely with the affairs of life. So general wisdom, we, we can get those ones from the Bible, right? We can get that from reading books. 